Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making this such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Thank you for joining us on 103.1 or Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast. We really appreciate you joining us and interacting with the show. We get so much great feedback along the way. So now I want to bring my friend Adele Lyons, who's the CEO of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce, a regular on the show, someone I really enjoy spending time with. And first of all, I'll just say good morning. How you doing, Adele? Good morning. Up and at them. Yeah, it's good good to see you. Hey, listen, Adele, this is something you and I have not talked about before, but it has to do with your personal life. Okay. And it is your commitment to to your nieces and nephews to travel. Um, I think that's so admirable. And you actually just did a trip recently. So tell our tell our uh listeners what you do and where you've been. Well, um, so uh, when my nieces and nephews graduate from high school, I take them on a trip. Um, Europe, generally, I want them to see the rest of the world. I want them to know there's something bigger than the Mississippi Gulf Coast. There's something bigger and real than what they see on TV. Um, I want them to, when they say, oh, this is weird or this food, I don't like this, that it's different. And different is okay. It's just a different way of life. It's a different culture. Um, so I've just traveled the world with them. I just recently went to New York with my niece, um, who had been before, but it was when she was younger. So we just got out there, and uh, luckily my sister lives there. So we uh, you know, had a great place to stay and a tour guide, somebody who's there all the time. We walked the Brooklyn Bridge. We went to Ground Zero. We you know, just hit all the spots. Um, and just really had a great time, saw a couple of plays. Um, but with the, the graduation trip, I uh, have taken my nephew, the first one, we went to London and Paris, and we took the channel. Uh, fun story, I don't know if you remember Don Mitchell, who used to work for he's, uh, Isla, uh, Isla Capri. Um, we're standing there looking at the Mona Lisa in the, uh, the Louvre with a million other people, and I hear Adele. And it's Don and Kelly Mitchell were there, and we ended up having dinner with them. And so that was really kind of cool. Um, and then I took my niece to Italy. We went to uh, Paris. I mean, we went to Italy. Went to Rome, Florence, and Venice. Uh, the next year, the next time, I had two of them. So we went to Berlin, Prague, and Vienna. And they just, they just loved Berlin. I mean, there's just so much history. You know, they know about that. They they studied the Holocaust. And so they, you know, could. we went to a concentration camp. And they just, you know, it was just something amazing for them. And then uh, the last one, we went to uh, Normandy, went to the battlefields of Normandy in France, and went to Barcelona. So, um, so it's been fun. 
it's been fun. I kind of wish I really thought it through when I first started out because <laughs> uh, it ends up being a little bit expensive, but that's where you hoard your frequent flyer miles. Isn't that uh, true? So you get those flights, but it's been fun. But, you know, I think, you know, I've, I talk about it here often with, with guests that, you know, when you leave this area, especially when you go out of the country and get a perspective from from far away, you, what you find, first of all, is the world's kind of small, you know, which even though people might speak a, a, a different language, they share a lot of the same values that we have. You know, a lot of them are religious. A lot of them love their family. A lot of them love their place. A lot of them proud of their place. And there's a connection that you can make. I know that's the, that's certainly been mine and Anne experience when we travel uh, in other countries. But um, but it gives you a great appreciation for Mississippi too, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, you appreciate your family. You know, that's probably the first time they've been away for an extended period of time from their parents. And so it's a good way for them to realize they're going to be stepping away. Um, so they're busy doing stuff. But then in the evenings, they kind of realize, you know, those parents I might have, uh, you know, cringed about a little bit for some things they did that you really, you know, care about them. And the food's usually the, the greatest thing is for them to try new things, different foods. And they'll say, I don't like this pizza. And I said, well, but this is real pizza. We eat fake pizza. <laughs> Uh, you know, things like that. So it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Hey, listen, I'm I'm actually curious. As you know, Justin, my son Justin, he spent time in South America and all over Europe. Uh, he went to the Amazon River on a on a uh, mission. He lived in Spain. We knew that he was going to be our world traveler. He ends up living in the West Village, working for Price Waterhouse in New York City. And there's no chance to ever extricate him from the big city life. He loves it. But, but you know, we really encouraged him when he was in school to do these, you know, to go on these uh, over, overseas study programs and the missions that he went on. And you have to you have to let go. You have to let go if you're going to let your kids, you know, become, you know, reach their potential in life. Looking back on those kids that you had the opportunity to travel with, did it influence them in a way that they ended up saying, you know, wow, I'm my my sights are wider than that that I expected them to be, and look at where they are today. Um, well, yes and no. I mean, they they're they're close by. Um, they're, they haven't gone off like super far. Um, but I think it just helped them in a way of how to deal with people. Um, you know, my niece is a speech pathologist, so she's dealing with um, students that are having, you know, a time, especially the older students, and how to deal with folks. Um, you know, because you're there, you have a language barrier. They may also have just a different kind of language barrier through their speech. I think that was helpful for her. Um, you know, my nephew, that they're history buffs. So, you know, going to Normandy was completely Michael's idea, you know, because I'm like, where do y'all want to go? I kind of give them, and then I'm like, oh, I've already been there, so we're not going to go there. We're going to go somewhere else that's new for me. Um, but I just think it helps them be well-rounded people to know that there's something beyond, there's something beyond your phone, there's something beyond running a Chick-fil-A, um, that, you know, walking and seeing these old uh, churches and buildings, you know, being in Venice after all the crowds leave and the cruise ships leave is a whole different city, a whole different vibe to that city. Um, and so, and, and I make them write a journal. I make them keep a journal so they can go back and read it later. And, 
you know, they kind of fuss about that a little bit at night. They're tired. They don't want to do that. But uh, the girls are better than that than the boys. But they can go back and read it, and then they appreciate it. Now, they want to do an alumni trip, and I told them they're on their own. <laughs> I'm happy to go on a trip with them, but, you know, uh, you got to pay your own way on the alumni trip. Yeah, that sounds that sounds expensive. In fact, uh, we, we we want to. Ann and I had a terrific trip to Croatia where we toured the entire country, and Justin joined us for part of that trip. And then we went over to Madrid and spent some time with him in Spain. But our goal now is to bring the whole family to back to back to Split, uh, Croatia, and use that as sort of a base station and let them see a lot of their heritage. You know, because it's such a great opportunity. Yeah, we did similar. My mom took all of our, uh, all of my siblings, and we all went with my parents. Um, none of the uh, in-laws were invited. None of the grandkids were invited. It was just like the old school family vacation, and went to Croatia, went to Split, to Dubrovnik. Um, the Sintanoviches are from Igrane. We went there. Some of my mother's relatives are still there. We had lunch with them, and um, you know, really a great experience. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, th- that for us as well, and hopefully we can create that for our family. Hey, so uh, let's let's remind people for people who have not heard us talk before, uh, the the Gulf Coast, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce has a lot to say grace over. It's not your father's chamber, although it still does those things, right. but you're a much broader organization these days. Give people a sense of uh, the, the overall organization. Well, the Chamber of Commerce ultimately is a business organization where we can bring those business leaders um, to connect together, to either do business together for like-minded projects. It might be a community project um, that they come together. This morning, we had um, a a program with CC Shabash said, tell you hello. Uh, She presented about LinkedIn. And so we also work on the professional development and offer those. Most small businesses don't have a training department. They don't have someone to come in and do that. Bring in consultants can be expensive. So the pl- chamber plays that role because LinkedIn is the fastest growing networking um, app there is. And, you know, is a lot to know. And once you figure out one social media, they're not all exactly the same. And uh, she went over some stuff. It was really overwhelming. You know, it's so much out there. But then we had an event yes, uh, yesterday also, a chamber table where people just come together and eat lunch together at a certain restaurant and just get to visit and talk. And that's where they find um, those connections. I'm looking for this certain type of business. I need this type of insurance or uh, I'm looking for a new job. Whatever it is can make those connections. Uh, but then we do things like salute to the military. Uh, such a huge economic impact, such a huge part of our community, uh, the various military installations. So, you know, for over 40 years, and should say, you know, rest in peace, John McFarlane, who started that, um, still going strong. So, you know, just a lot of ways for people to connect and network, and we hope businesses can give us a look. In fact, uh, when we come back on the other side, I haven't talked to you since uh, John's um, untimely death. Um, man, what a mark he left in coastal Mississippi. But we'll, we'll chat about that for a second. And then we'll talk about some really cool and important upcoming events. We'll be back with Adele Lyons after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. Uh, I have my friend Adele Lyons, who's the uh, CEO, Executive Director of the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce. We know it as the Coast Chamber. And when we went to break, we mentioned uh, uh, salute to the military and John McFarland, who I gave a tribute to about a week or so ago, uh, his un- unfortunate uh, death. What was amazing about John, incidentally, is that we had a number of shows together after he learned he had throat cancer. And, you know, John John was a guy who was known for his voice. I mean, John had such a great radio voice. And he never really alluded to his challenges on the air, even though we we did talk about it off the air. But um, but you could you know he was you could he was talking, uh, his his voice seemed tireder than normal. But what he was what he was going through, in terms of chemo and radiation therapy, and uh, he explained to me that they were that the, he and the doctors were playing a game of whack a mole where they were. They were, you know, it had cropped up in other parts of his body, and they were dealing with it. But he was, you know, he not, he just kept on moving forward with his work at the Red Cross, which probably doesn't surprise anyone because John was someone who was really committed to his work. But we worked together. He was a marketing services director at the Sun Arrow for for so many years. Helped me launch um, Beach Boulevard and uh, the journalists of uh, South Mississippi business and his work in the community is literally epic. What he did over all those years and the, the salute to the military, especially what he did uh, to, to, to help bring it to this incredible event. It made it, it changed in the last few years for, for good reason. It, it was time to, to move to a different format and whatever. But, but what he did to create awareness of the military community in Coastal Mississippi and so many other ways that he contributed cannot be understated, can it? No, you know, John just had a huge impact on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber going back just years and years and years. Um, the salute to the military is in its 42nd year. So this is something that's just been around forever. And John was just key in it and to, the, to the point that when he had meetings, he brought the agenda, he took the notes, he took the minutes. Um, you know, he just had full control and really ran that show and ran it like, you know, from his army days. Um, And then he was, of course, president of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber and, um, you know, had his hand in a lot of things and a lot of places and just hated to see when he just couldn't be as involved because he wanted to be. Yeah, but he was doing the right thing and taking trying to take care of himself. Yeah, Dale. What was interesting? I remember John, especially my early days with the Sun Herald. He was the consummate MC. He was mm-hmm. the guy to go. He was the go-to guy in coastal Mississippi. Just really, really, really good at it. And I remember I, I was really I, I was really young at the Sun Herald, and I was involved in United Way. And John was the MC of the annual United Way event. He probably was for countless years and same uh-huh. same with the coach chamber and lord knows what else but i remember the lights blinked he had just made a statement that was a factual statement the lights blinked and without even without even taking a breath he said okay would you believe and he, he made another statement <clears throat> but he was just quick on his feet that way i mean he was really good at it wasn't he yeah um 
he, you know, he emceed the salute forever besides being the chair of it. He was the MC, wouldn't have it any other way and, and really shouldn't have been any other way because, again, he was so good at it. He had that voice. You know, he just had that voice that um, just gave a level of professionalism to any event you were having, no matter what. And he was so organized, so detail-oriented. You know, I remember going to the Sun-Herald in his office. Remember that gigantic bookcase in his office? And it was just, he had binders from every event from whenever. I mean, it was literally a library. Yeah, no, it, it really was. His uh, his office uh, in the latter talk part of his time at the Sun Herald was actually in my executive suite. Yeah. So we spent a, a tremendous amount of time together. And then the, the role he played after Katrina, helping you know the Red Cross and so many other organizations, helping support me. I mean, I had you know in, in my governor's commission uh, duties. Um, just just can't say enough good things about him. And I, Christopher, yeah. his son, and I have connected. And um, you know, to lose your mother and six months later, or actually not six months later, was it two months later? I want to say it was like two or three months. Almost to the day to lose your father. Um, just what a what a what a tough time for for Christopher. But his parents, you know, left a tremendous legacy in coastal Mississippi. That that is for sure. Um, so you've got some uh, got some uh, important upcoming events uh, coming up. Um, I, I think the the morning call featuring Biloxi City Council is a terrific one. I think it's especially important now. You know, I I, I saw that in this, and I've said this on my show many times that, and and I did it with my my recent show with Fofo in the last few days, that the city council and the mayor and the way they quickly responded to the real tragedy that existed during the spring break with the guns going off and people being injured and killed and an officer being uh, injured badly, um, the way the city council, watching that city council meeting the week following that was democracy in action. And you've got just a, a slate of terrific political and public servants in those positions. But um, morning calls a, a big part of what you do, isn't it? It is. And then also having elected officials in to give updates. Um, you know, certainly anybody can go to a city council meeting, like you said, and now they're, they're streamed so you can watch them. But I think people are somewhat intimidated by that. They don't really know um, what goes on or how to how to interact at those events. So having something like morning call or having a post-legislative briefing where we have these elected officials giving updates, answering questions, you know, there's a lot going on in Biloxi. Biloxi has a big budget. There's a lot of infrastructure projects. And citizens want to know what's happening. They want to keep abreast, and this is a great way to do that. So we've got that on June 13th. It's a breakfast event. It'll be at the IP, and we've got four members of the Biloxi City Council that'll be there to, you know, just interact and ask questions and give updates. And it's a great opportunity for citizens. If you don't know your city council person, this is a, a good introduction. I see the list that you sent me, and they're not necessarily in chronological order, but I tried. Uh, that's okay. Coach Young Professionals continues to set the world on fire. What a great group! They're in fact they're they're now a thought leader for Super Talk Mississippi Media News, and they've contributed a couple of, uh, of articles already. But man, I tell you, the the conversations that those 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 incredibly well written pieces created. I mean, I just it's it's already exceeded my expectation. You got to be thrilled about it. 
you know, they're a very active group, lots going on, a lot of energy, a lot of motivation. Um, just had a membership drive and got, I think, 16 new members joined. And so new folks coming in, that's the great thing about that group is we'll see turnover. It's meant to have turnover that they join CYP and then they move on as they um, get some experience, a little age under them and, and new folks come in. Um, but we have on July 14th a um, live blend in when you are made to stand out. And so how to really it's about personal branding and how to uh, separate yourself and have people notice you and the experiences and the skills that you have to offer. So, uh, yeah, I did get that one out of order, didn't I? Sorry. That's okay. No problem at all. Julie Wade, who's president of Gulf Coast Human Resource Association, is going to be the speaker. And yeah. Um, what I, what I, again, man, there's, if you want to learn, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who are willing to give. And of course, in this case, Julie is, but the CYP is really focused on staying on the cutting edge, aren't they? They are. They, they want to be fresh. They want to be, um, with updated, focused on what's happening today. Um, so it's, it is the perfect group. If you've got folks who maybe just, you know, kids who just graduated from college, folks new working with you and your business that are young, this is really a, a fertile ground for them to learn how to be involved in the community, how to be a thought leader, how to be a leader. So the Shuckers are going to be uh, the sponsors of the Chamber After Five, which is coming up on June the 15th. Um, great, great. Another wonderful event that you have. Yeah, this is just fun. These are just come out, network, visit. This is a social opportunity. And it's at the ballpark. Um, it's when the Shuckers are on the road. So we'll be up in the Cloud 7 suite. And it's just for people to meet and mingle and get to know each other. This is how you make um, you know, meet new customers. This is how you find new vendors for your business. So come out and join us for some ballpark food and some fun. Listen, you and I've talked about it. I've talked about it about a hundred times here on, on this show, but the bookends with Chevron and Ingalls on one end and Center Space Center on the other, and then hospitality and gaming and all that that goes on in between. This is a this is a dynamic place. But because where Stennis Space Center is located, we may we may forget <laughs> we may forget how important they are to coastal Mississippi. When we come back on the other side, we'll mention about uh, uh, Dwayne Armstrong from uh, Stennis involved in the in the most recent connections that's coming up on June the twentieth. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthew Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthew Show on Super Talk 103.1.
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my dear friend Adele Lyons. We've uh, been to war more than once together over a bunch of years. I won't say how many years because it will date us big time. But Adele's a good friend of mine and my family, and she does a terrific job as the head of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce. When we went to break, I mentioned about Stennis and how important they were to coastal Mississippi, and you've got an upcoming Connections. Uh, tell us about that. Well, like you mentioned, Stennis is out there and NASA is out there and people know, but it's, you know, with security now, you can't just drive on and, and wander around. And there's so much from an economic impact from jobs being created, uh, from innovation and technology that's happening there. Uh, we are bringing in Dwayne Armstrong, who's the strategic business development officer, to talk about what's happening out at Stennis and NASA. Um, it's just one of those places that it, it has an impact, but we just don't always know what's going on. It's it's a little tucked away for us on the case. Yes, uh, Tish and I talk about Tish Williams from the Hancock County Chamber to talk about it a lot because they've got the Friends of Stennis and Miss You organization that they say grace over. And through that organization, I've been able to connect and have more conversations about what is often out of sight, out of mind, but shouldn't be because it's such a powerful important strategic location for the United States. Right. And and similarly, we have an event in July with um, the VA, uh, the Gulf Coast Veterans um, Health Center, which is right there in Biloxi, just off Pass Road. But again, for security reasons, unless you're going to a, a service at the National Cemetery there, or you have someone that's having medical um, treatments or, or appointments, it's you see the gate, and you're not really sure what's all back there and what's going on. And of course, this is a huge economic impact. It's a huge, um, you know, facility that people come from regionally for medical um, care there. And of course, for the veterans, which we're such a huge military community and, and retiree community, that it's super important. So we have um, Dr. Rapesky, um, who's the director out there, is going to come and give an ad update on July 11th. Again, it's sort of that out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. And we certainly not need our citizens to be aware of what's happening, ask questions. There may be services they could be taking advantage of that they're not. And we certainly want to bring that point uh, to light. Hey, so what we'll do in about uh, three or four weeks, I'll have you back and we'll cover the rest of the upcoming yeah. items that, you know, because the chamber is involved in so much. But, but Adele actually has a speech to give. So I'm going to let her go ahead and scoot off so she doesn't have a wreck, you know, running there. And uh, I'm going to invite Kyle in. But anyway, thanks for joining us, Adele. I appreciate you. Absolutely. See y'all soon. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Uh, so anyway, Cal, you ready to, there he is. There's my buddy. That was quick. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing really, really well, but gosh, man, you think about the work that Adele is doing at the chamber, man, they, they, I often say they're not your father's chambers. Just, I mean, I, I think of this when we talked to Tish or with Paige Roberts over in, uh, in Jackson County, but man, these, these guys are not letting any grass grow on their work, are they? No, they're not. And I think that um, analogy is something that is uh, that's was kind of a hard fight to start to begin because people still think what they they still have that same impression of what they always thought the chamber was or is. And they're still trying to battle with that in, in, within their own minds. Yeah, they are. And what, what the beauty of our show is that we've been able to bring 
more clarity to the role that they're playing. I mean, they're doing community building. They're involved in grant writing. They're involved in revitalization efforts in downtown. Uh, but, you know, gosh, man, when you've got leaders like Adele and Tish and Paige, engage in these and then you've got all you've got other chambers as well that are playing out in the local communities you um i mean you can't go wrong i mean their their dedication to the cause of advancing the the work of coastal mississippi gosh is so inspiring and i'm privileged that you and i have this opportunity to to share their stories it's kind of like a front row seat to everything that is happening along the coast from both ends from stennis to ingles and you, for me, it's I, one of the shows we were talking or you were talking the other day about, uh, I think it was with uh, Mayor Gillich about the bridge and making bridges and how things start 10, 12 years before the public actually sees it. And that's kind of what we're uh, yeah. almost now is, you know, with all of the chambers and all of the business leaders, we hear about these things and then. Not on the largest scope as the bridge, but, you know, to some degree, uh, a lot of it, I, you know, at least for myself, I hear about these things six months ahead before it comes out in the public. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. We talked about, hey, you know, I had a, I had a terrific conversation with Greg Cronin. <clears throat> in fact, this morning, Greg is a, is the CEO for the Coastal uh, Division of of um, Citizens Bank, and he's also the, the the chairman of the board for Coastal Mississippi Tourism. We were reflecting back on the on the conversation that he he and Judy and I had about the progress of Coastal Mississippi Tourism. But you know, I, I probably can't say this enough, and and you you've commented about this before as well. But the number of people that they have to communicate with to make a regional organization go out, the boards of supervisors in three different cities, to all the mayors. Um, the the legislate coastal legislative delegation. It's just a complicated place, and if you're going to be successful, you got to be willing to do a lot of communicating. Yeah, and you know, that's the hard part is just being able to talk to people and <laughs> talk to people. Depending on you know which which side of the aisle or education, do you do. You, how to communicate with them to where you're not talking down to them, talking at them. And I yeah. think you see that and the most successful people have a way of being able to talk and communicate with people on a very lowest common denominator type feel. Yeah. Yeah. And just makes everybody feel easy about how things are going. I've had, you know, I've had bosses that would, you know, Ream you from one end to the other, but make you feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Cal. Cal, um, how, how much time we have? How are we doing on time? We have about uh, just under four minutes, 355. Uh, yeah, okay. So, look, what's interesting, though, is that you've got a situation where um, – the, the the again the coast is complicated, man. It really is, and I, I think about there. There's a great book called Break All the Rules, and it is based on a lot of important research. But like a rule, for example, the golden rule: treat people the way you want to be treated, and that that's a wonderful golden rule. 
But what, what this book said is, no, actually break that rule. Treat people the way they want to be treated. And so, and as it relates to the point that you were just making, is that when you're communicating a regional tourism effort, for example, and you have all these stakeholders, well, you can't communicate exactly the same way with everyone. You've got to be able to communicate with them in a way they want to receive it. And some people need more details than others. Some just need the, the high level. Some need it over a drink or, or dinner. Someone just you know, we'll, we'll just get it in an email. But, but knowing how to communicate with them effectively is the key to success. And the leaders that I have had on this show, the nearly 900 conversations that we've had now, the, those that succeed among them are willing to really put the effort into what it takes to communicate with that person. And then it may change for the next person and so on. And you get a sense of that when we're talking to them, don't you? Yeah, you really do. And, you know, for me to follow along, and it's kind of hard because I usually don't follow along in these circles, (laughs) conversations. Yeah. The majority of the conversations that's had on this show, I'm able to follow along and I'm able to understand what they're saying. Because they're communicating in a way that I would understand it. They're yeah. not, you know, I don't want the highbrow uh, CEO executive conversation. I want the real everyday, hey, we're down at the pier fishing yeah. conversation. Yeah. And that's how the majority of these conversations go. And it, it's something that I can relate to in just everyday life, and it makes it easier. And I think that that whole at least the way I think uh, the conversations go is kind of how it's portrayed, you know, throughout the coast. And I think that's makes it easier for, I call it the, the majority of us, because I put myself in that boat of the lowest common denominator. I, you know, I think that's how it goes. And I think that's how it's portrayed. And I think that's how it's received. Well, I, I love the way you said that, actually, that's, that's really, that's really well said, actually. And, If there's a goal for the show, it is that we want to communicate with people the kind of activities that have, for the most part, always gone on, but but it's sort of inside baseball in a while, in a way. All All the work that supervisors have to do and mayors have to do and community leaders have to do and all these organizations have to do. It's a, a lot of inside baseball that a lot of people don't really ever hear much about, and we get a, we get a chance through this show yep. to bring all that hard work that's going on in all these different circles to life for everyone to understand and learn from. Actually, to learn from that's the yep. thing that is in our conversations that impacted you the most. You just learned a lot. Just absorb it in. We got about fifteen seconds left. But yeah, okay, we'll <laughs> yeah we'll uh, we'll see you we'll see you uh, after this break. We'll see you on the other side. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to uh, the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend. 
Cal Curley, the producer of the Ricky Matthews Show, joining us now. We had to let Adele Lyons slip out a little early because she had a speech to give at the Seafood Museum, and I didn't want her to. She's known for driving fast anyway, so I didn't want her to have to drive any faster. That's that's not safe for her or anyone else for that matter. Anyway, she's a great friend to the show. Uh, Cal, so uh, to kind of shift gears a bit, tell us what's been up in your life, man. You've been a busy guy with shuckers, et cetera, haven't you? Oh, yeah, we had a run of two weeks where we did six-game homestand, off a day, six-game homestands, and now we have two weeks off, which uh, get a few days of rest. But next week, going to Meridian for a baseball tournament, so I'll be out of town on Thursday and Friday and then come back and another two-week homestand with the Shuckers. So it's definitely um, – <laughs> there's no stopping, that's for sure. Hey, during the offseason, during the Saints offseason, which has really been dynamic, and we're so lucky to have access to Jeff Duncan, our friend from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, every Friday, <clears throat> it's a, we're lucky to have that, that access. And this has been a particularly dynamic offseason for the Saints for so many important reasons. But what goes on in your life as it relates to the Saints since you do the music in the Superdome during Hunts game? Is it just basically mums the word, or is there are there activities that you're involved in? No, it's pretty much mums the word. Um, I don't really hear anything from them or anyone. We get a, a random group text message from a couple of us that's in the uh, in the sound control room. But other than that, I, I usually don't hear anything until end of July, 1st of August, saying, hey, we're about two weeks away from blah, blah, blah. Rehearsal coming up. We'll let you know. But yeah, I guess this is the first time in a few years that I've gotten a text message. I got a call yesterday from uh announcer and with some ideas for defense and what we're going to try to present to the to our bosses to i've really got to look at it today he emailed it to me yesterday evening but i haven't had a chance to look at it but um we'll start to ramp up some defensive stuff uh crowd interaction things see how it goes we'll make the presentation and see if we can't make it happen <laughs> oh that's cool what's interesting is like people for, for people who have not heard us talk before it is man they are really particular i mean you get some input from the organization, you get input from players. Um, you have the ability to be somewhat creative. But once once you sort of define where you're going, there ain't much deviation, is there, my friend? No, there's really not. It's, um, you know, it was kind of difficult going into it. It was kind of misleading information when I first started as far as where we were going directionally with uh, what they wanted me to do. And I think after the first two years, uh, the third year was where it started picking up. And I think that's where we started. Uh, the third and fourth year was where we started picking up and getting into the top three or the top game day entertainment for the NFL. Um, we've had a few consecutive years where we've been at the top. And, you know, it's always hard to stay at the top, but that's what you do. You, you keep working at it and you... Um, we, we've done a really good job of making our overall presentation very New Orleans-ish. Um, you definitely know you're in New Orleans when you're at a Saints game, that's for sure. 
Well, look, man, of course, I'm as the former publisher of the Times Picayune and president of NOLA Media Group and NOLA.com, I know extremely well what you're pointing, what you're talking about. New Orleans is a unique place. I mean, it's just, it's, there's just no other way around it. And they are proud of that uniqueness. And so anything they can do to, to peak the interest and the enjoyment of that dynamic that makes them special and different, boy, they're going to be really for that. And listen, I say this all the time. When the music's great, the team wins. When the music's when, when the team loses, it has nothing to do with the music. It's, just, it's the game plan. But when you sit there and you're listening to how you're hyping the, the crowd and you watch players engage in the music that you're playing and the, and the Saints are winning, you actually feel like you've played a role in this game, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of hard to not get wrapped up in it. I mean, you know, when you're coming back from, you know, the term we use when we're coming back from break because we're always coming back doing all of our entertainment stuff during commercial breaks. So when we're coming back, and especially if we're on defense, when the networks come back, we want the Superdome to be as loud as it possibly can be. So, yeah, when you play something and you have the players on the sidelines dancing, you've got Demario Davis, Cam Jordan leading the crowd, and you have 76,000 people going absolutely crazy. It's kind of hard to not be, <laughs> not, not to have that feeling. You know, there's times you get, you know, hairs on my arms stand up because it's just that ruckus, and that's exactly what we planned going into the break this is where we're coming back and we're coming back strong and you know when the plan comes the action and then say we're on a you know on defense and it's third and short fourth and short fourth and goal and we get a stop yeah we're there's a little you know patting ourselves on the back as the offense comes back on the field <laughs> hey listen my my son is a lawyer in here how much time we got left 30 seconds oh well i tell you, i have a story i'm going to tell you when we have our conversation with with uh, jeff duncan about something i found related to steve gleason but Thank you for joining, my friend. Thanks for all you do to make this show a terrific show. And uh, have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.